0: Hey pod class, I'm Reva Trio, the social media strategist behind the Dr. B and Me Instagram. On this week's episode, learn what your AQ or adversity quotient means and how to optimize your response to challenges. This week's special guest is Dr. Paul Stoltz, a leading world expert on human resilience and adversity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Dr. B and Me.
1: I know that we got a gift, we got some parts we could lift up, this is the start of your bridge, so walk through it all with the cards you were dealt in the heart in your chest and the boss of your grit, beyond what we've we'll been through in college, regardless the path of the wind in our sails, there's a lot we can give in, I promise we've got it dismissed, the thought of the things you could fail. I know our roads may take us a thousand different directions, but here's to always watching the scenery. Welcome, Welcome to, to Dr. B and me.
0: Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Dr. B and Me. We're glad to have you this week on this pod class, which is actually being brought to you by Snack with Soph. If you're the first person to connect with Dr. B and Me on Instagram or LinkedIn, you win a free snack box full of really healthy, great stuff put together by Cal Poly alum and Business 306 alum Sophia Shapiro. So. Get your comments in now, and thanks to Snack with Soph for being our sponsor. Today, I want to talk briefly about the fact of what I think about the world. Yeah, sit down. It's what I think about the world. Basically, I believe life is a mistake-making place. Think about it. You've been in school, or you've been at work, or wherever you are, you're supposed to always have the right answer. Well, if you always had the right answer, why would you need to go to school? If you always had the right answer, why would you not own the company? Why would you not already be finished and retired and a multimillionaire? Life is a mistake-making place. That's where the fun stuff is. That's where the learning is. If you think about it also, failure is rare. If you think about it the right way, failure is really only learning. There's a great video that I show about Kobe Bryant saying there is no failure. Failure doesn't exist. It's about learning. Well, I think that that's probably true, but I also agree that there is gonna be a time in your life where you feel despondent and down and feel like you really messed up. And right now during the pandemic, I think a lot of people are feeling down and despondent, but we're not failing. No matter how you're spending your time and no matter what you're doing, you're not failing, you're learning what you're made of, what you do with your spare time, what you think about when nobody's watching you. This is really testing a lot of people. But I'd like to also give you this little gift, that there's only three ways that are guaranteed to make you a failure. One, complain about everything. How many of you guys know people like that? They just complain about everything and that's a surefire way to get nothing out of life including friends the second way to always make sure you fail is to blame others for your unhappiness my mom and dad had a lot of problems um, later on in their marriage and life and I took my mom out to lunch one day to try to talk to her about her being unhappy with my dad and she looked at me when I said mother You could, like, fall in love with him again. And she said, Rhonda, he used to have beautiful black hair and great white straight teeth. He doesn't have that anymore. I can't fall in love with him. Plus, he's not making me happy. I'm like, Mother, it's not his job to make you happy. It's your job to make you happy. And I would say the same thing to everybody who's listening. It's your job to find out what makes you happy in life. It's your job to pull yourself out of the bunker. It's your job to look for the things that are going right. If you blame every, everybody else for what's going wrong, you will never get where you want to be in life. And the last tip that I want to give you is to never be grateful. So why do people always tell you to write gratitude journals? What is that all about? At the end of every day, think about three things that you're grateful for, or five things that you're grateful for. Why do people do that? Well, because research shows if you can take even the worst day and the worst day of mistakes or the worst moment of your life and sit down and really think about what you're grateful for that day and turn a bad thing into a good lesson, it actually changes your brain into being a thankful machine. And when you're a thankful machine, You greet the day, even the day full of mistakes, you greet that day with some power and some purpose and some promise. So those three things will guarantee that you fail, complain about everything, blame others for your unhappiness, and never be grateful. So think about how you've been handling this pandemic. Are you complaining about all your classes and having to be online? Are you complaining about all the Zoom meetings at work? Are you complaining about you don't get to see your friends? Are you complaining? Knock it off. Are you blaming other people for bringing this pandemic to us? Knock it off. And be grateful for this time with your parents, this time with your friends, this time to take a little break from the world. Did you know that in China, they are seeing stars in the sky for the first time in a long, long time? Did you know in Venice, they actually see fish in their canals that they haven't seen in decades. The world is healing. The world is grateful for this moment, and you should be too. Now, if you do have a mistake and you do have some rough patches, how do you react to that? Some people have a really rough time when things get tough. And yet, have you do you know those people who, when something bad happens or something unfortunate happens, Kind of turn that around and use that and harness it as energy to do something great to make sure that they end up better because the bad thing happened? Do you watch those people and wonder what have they got that you don't have? Well, today's guest, Dr. Paul Stoltz, is the world's leading expert on human resilience and how to harness the things that are tough for you and turn them into greatness. He developed a whole um, technology called the adversity quotient, and he could actually help improve people's response to adversity within a day. He's appeared on Oprah multiple times, he's written many bestsellers, he's been on every major media, and he volunteered to talk with us today because he knows what you're going through and he wants to help you. So I'd like you to welcome with me Dr. Paul Stoltz. Welcome to the show.
1: Dr. B, it is such a privilege to be with you. May I say once again, because this is not the first time I've had the chance to contribute to your best ever class in the world, and I know your students know what an incredible honor it is for them to be part of this community that are all these people who are trying to figure out a way to stop quitting, stop camping, and really be climbing. Moving forward and up with a sense of purpose and vigor and commitment and conviction toward things that matter in life. And I know that's what you're all about. You're the poster child of everything I teach and we teach. And You don't have a
0: poster, do you?
1: Mm, no. Does not. anybody still have posters? <laughs> Do they have those? I mean, we had them in our dorm rooms. I don't know. If I don't know was... if I want to be the poster child. No, but be you know, because you'd be smiling through adversity. That's why it would be such a great poster. So let's talk about that. Here's the question. So if you sit here in this moment of truth for humanity, what is the one thing? that you could begin to decode and master, that would enrich and fortify everything else.
0: Well, I know that these guys, a lot of the listeners have taken your adversity quotient. Does that tell them what the one thing is? Does that tell them how they are going to handle it?
1: You know, it does, because here's the thing. If you and I have been around long enough, and I'll say it for myself. If I go to my 25... I haven't
0: been around as long as you.
1: Nobody nobody <laughs> has, I don't think. I think Socrates has been around as long <laughs> as I have. But if you went to your like, 25-year high school reunion and you look around, it's not the people with the highest IQs who go the furthest in life. But it turns out it is the people with the highest AQ the highest adversity quotients.
0: Is that something that can change or is that the same as your IQ or EQ?
1: You know it's dramatically different. Here's something we've just discovered over the past couple decades and that is this. Imagine as a young child you're roaming the planet and as you pay keen attention to how the people around you, the influential people in your life, respond to life's tough stuff. You begin to actually, literally, hardwire your own personal pattern of response to adversity that's called your aq so
0: you're saying like if i watched my mother get really decimated by her relationship with my dad and say this is horrible this happens all the time i made mistakes and i watched that as a kid that unless i do something different i'm going to end up like that it becomes hardwired in me
1: you know why that's such a great example because you did the opposite you can do one of two typical things, which is either kind of embrace and infuse it without even knowing you did that, make it part of you, or adamantly reject it and go against it. And that's what you did. Because the story of your mom and how she's blaming everything and everything else, that's actually part of AQ. So there's these core dimensions of AQ that we've decoded and we measure. And by the way, everyone who took that tool, the online assessment, called their AQ profile, actually measured these four dimensions. And so if you'd like, we can talk yeah, about it. Yeah,
0: I would love to uh, briefly talk about, when you say it's the core of a person's response, um, do you break that down into four different things, like C-O-R-E, or is it one big core and, and
1: global score, or what? No, exactly right. You know, I love when science comes up with something that actually makes sense and is actually practical. And there's nothing, no better example I know of, than the four core dimensions of your AQ. So the science says this is what AQ is made of, but what would you rather strengthen than your core? So here's what it
0: is. My abs, <laughs>
1: which but is part of my core. I was going to say, I think, I, <laughs> uh, I think Dr. B, that's actually kind of your core. Um, so here's the deal. Think about this. C, control, is not about what you control. It's about... When adversity strikes, to what, pers- what degree do you perceive you can influence whatever happens next? So as you can imagine, high IQ people always perceive something they can influence. That's why, like, even with the global pandemic, they kind of get fired up.
0: So let me put this into, you know, maybe a listener's life. Uh, they find out they don't get to go to... Uh, college um, mm. in person, and they're missing their graduation, and they lost their job offer. C, what does that What does that mean to them?
1: Lower AQ persons victimized by that. They threw up their hands, nothing we can do about it. You know, just get along. High AQ people sit there and go, "Well, there's so many things I can do that can influence the quality of education I get, the kind of experience that, how I use my time during this special time on planet Earth. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it gets invigorating in a weird way because one of the secrets about people with high AQs, and by the way, yes, definitively, every single person can dramatically strengthen their AQ. Let's say that right on the table right now. So, as your AQ improves, in moments like this, which are these historic adversities, you can actually get fired up because you start thinking about all the things that you can influence for the better even in the worst times.
0: Is there a moment where you don't do that? Is that okay? Like, do you just instantly go into, how am I going to make this better? Or do you need to, like, wallow a little while?
1: You know, it's such an important question, Dr. B, because here's the deal. People with extremely AQs, people think, you know, maybe they're not even human. Like, they just have this robotic, optimal response to adversity. But the fact of the matter is they're human. They get depressed. They have hard moments. And they may even go deeper but just not as long. And then they use that as energy to propel them to a place that they wouldn't get to without that adversity.
0: Right. So So that's control. That's control. And then we're back to, now we're or. The or. The
1: or. (laughs) O-R-E. Yeah, so here's what it is. O is ownership. And I love what you said about blaming others and all this kind of stuff being failure, right? Because ownership is the step-up factor. And I ask the question, how likely are you to step up to do anything to make it better. So if you're just sitting complacently and passively, whether it's the pandemic or what's happening at Cal Poly or whatever it is, and waiting for it to come, you're kind of stepping back. But when you step up...
0: Or are you waiting... Like in, again, the, this certain circumstance right now that a lot of our listeners find themselves in, if you're waiting for the school to tell you what to do or you're waiting for right. you know, somebody else to, to fix it for you, then so, you're not owning any of it.
1: So true. And owning, it's not like owning the whole problem. It's about stepping up to do something to make the circumstance better, ideally not just for yourself, but for those around you. Like are you owning the kind of verve and energy and optimism and possibilities just in your own apartment with your friends or whatever it may be, or in your own home? You know, and in your own life, your own health, you know, all these—it's boundless. It's so excitingly boundless when you think about it. So that's all. So when you think about control ownership, if you're thinking about the things you can influence and ways you can step up, you see how you start to already get what I call some action traction. Yeah, you
0: got some power. You got some movement.
1: Oh, it's so exciting. And you know, I have to say, as an aside, you know, I have the privilege of being an Olympic coach, and we're teaching this to the Olympians around the world. And imagine what starts to happen when our Olympians start to demonstrate higher AQ behavior with their adversities. Well, I
0: would imagine to be an Olympic champion, you're probably pretty high on the AQ scale anyway.
1: You know what? You'd think so, but here's the secret. Some of these people with freakish talent and abilities aren't. They're not at their best when adversity strikes. They just have always been that good.
0: Ah, so, it's, so what about what R? What's R?
1: R and E go together beautifully. R is called reach. And it asks the question, you Which know. Which we
0: can't do anymore. We can't reach. We can't touch. We can't.
1: <laughs> no more yeah. reaching. No, I don't mean virtual oh, reach, okay. like Zoom okay. reach. I mean like real reach. But reach asks the question, and it's a big one. This one has weight to it. How far does this reach into everything else? And so people with modest AQs sometimes catastrophize. Like the whole world's falling apart or, you know, there goes our whole quarter or there goes my whole academics, you know, career or whatever, or there goes the job market. It'll be ruined forever.
0: I'll never find another job.
1: Well, and that one's E. So reach, high EQ people contain it. And they start thinking about the upside. low EQ people let it bleed.
0: So are you talking about the guy that comes home? He's had a terrible day at the office. So he yells at his wife. The wife then yells at her kid. The kid then kicks the dog. The dog bites the cat. The cat pees on the rug. That's reach. It goes, his bad day goes all the way down to the cat.
1: That mental picture gave me a lot of reach. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the funny thing about it is psychologists have a great word for it. It's called catastrophizing, which is basically an emotional oil spill. And I bet you everyone listening to this right now knows that person. So it's easy to picture. Sure. As your AQ improves, you do the opposite. You contain it. And you stay buoyant. E is endurance. And here's the key part. When you get your results, you know, when this link is sent out where people can see their full results and everything, it's not about your personal endurance or stamina. It's about how long you perceive this will last or endure. So if you put it together, if you're going, this is the worst thing ever, it's going to last forever, it destroyed everything, there's nothing we can do. I hope they figure out something.
0: Well, this always happens this oh, forever. Then My life's ruined forever. You'll be
1: decimated. Yeah. But a high IQ response is not about happy think. It's about your authentic response in the moment of truth. And what higher IQ people began to do day one was begin to imagine and then help shape what happens after.
0: So, Dr. Stoltz, tell our listeners, if you will, where they can get more information and more, um, you know, a further and deeper uh, explanation about this.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a number of ways. Number one, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TED. I'm on YouTube. Dr. Paul Stoltz, S-D-O-L-T-Z. And that
0: information will be in the description about our um, podcast. Great.
1: Beautiful. Number two. Um, You know, there's just uh, our website, which is probably also on your thing, which is peaklearning.com.
0: And also a couple books, right? And
1: I've written five books on these subjects that fortunately, you know, I've been so blessed. They've been in 17 languages around the world and had, as you mentioned, some really great bestsellers. So the reason is this stuff is universal and timeless. What is more seminal, more important than strengthening how you respond to the tough stuff? so that you can navigate through life and not survive, not cope, which we think is so great, but genuinely harness adversity to end up stronger and better because it happened. So my final message is this, to everyone listening, and I'm the only one who's gonna say this to you about the pandemic, I'm excited for you. Your life and your journey are gonna be stronger and better because of this adversity.
0: That's pretty bold, and I I agree with you. It's pretty true, especially if you can get to the core of the issue and improve your situation and get Dr. Paul Stoltz's book. The first book is called Adversity Quotient, Turning Obstacles into Opportunities, correct? That's right. Ordered it on Amazon. And listen, if you've measured your AQ, and even if you haven't, you probably listened to him and know, well, hmm, I don't control it very well, or oh, I haven't been owning this. And wow, I do let it reach into every aspect of my life. And I do think that this might last forever and our lives will never be the same. So, this is really important stuff for all of us right now to think about and to learn and to use as our powerball, our way to move forward in this weird, weird time. Um, make sure that you take a look at our LinkedIn and our Instagram at Dr. B and Me and, and give us a few comments and questions and anything else that you'd like to learn about AQ. You can talk to Dr. Paul Stoltz. We'll leave his email address for you on our website, Dr. B and Me. And I want to leave you with this thought, this challenge, this provocation. Each week, as you know, there's something that I give you to think about and react to either mentally or physically. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But I really want to know this. In this world, what we do a lot of is celebrate the people when things are going really great, things that people have achieved, titles that they own, awards that they've won. What do you do and who are you without your past achievements? Think about that. Who are you without your past achievements? How do you define yourself? Hopefully, after this pod class, you might begin to devi- define yourself as a high-AQ warrior, and that's what we hope for you. So great to be with you this week. We'll look forward to next week, and take care of yourselves. Be better. Be brilliant. Be brave. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Dr. B, making sure that you check in next week for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can keep up with us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and our website, and all that information you'll find in the episode description. I really want to thank the people that make this show possible. My producer, Davey Kozik, Zach Doherty, Thomas Barton, Sam Toland, Alastair Schwab, Riva Trio, and Kate Sorrell, and a special shout out to Christopher Blevins for that awesome intro. I'm looking forward to helping you be brilliant, be brave, and be better.